You're listening to the Kayafa Ole Miss Weekly Message. We hope that you would be inspired to go out and make disciples transforming the college campus, the marketplace, and the world. Enjoy. So tonight we're continuing our series uh, for Black History Month, and uh, we have a very special speaker. She is an alumni of of, uh, Chi Alpha Ole Miss, and Ole Miss, she got a degree here, and uh, she's the first African-American missionary producing the Sims of God in Mississippi, and... uh, if, if I were to say the thing I admire most about Shay, as she tucks her shirt in, is <laughs> she is just walking community. Everywhere she goes, she builds a circle of friends around her. She does, never meets a stranger. And, and it's like people instantly fall in love with her and will follow her over a cliff. And uh, all right, give it up for Shay. <laughs> Jesus. Okay. <laughs> um, welcome to the class of 2020 Ole Miss graduation commencement. Uh, <laughs> first, first up is his Lanny Stevenson. Lenny, Lenny did absolutely nothing in college. She didn't even go to class. When we asked about her relationship with Jesus, she said, and I quote, he know my heart. Asia Womble. See, Asia Womble, she did a little bit better. She went to class, only skipped a couple. Uh, She kind of came to service, not faithfully. She just kind of dipped her toe in so she could tell her mama that she went to service every week. Uh, When when asked to lead a core group, she said, and I quote, they lives ain't none of my business. And last but not least, we have the Stuart Woods. (laughs) Stuart Woods, he, he went to class faithfully. He came to core faithfully. He he went to service faithfully. But Stuart Woods, he laughed at a family member when they said black people need to go back to Africa. Stuart Woods, everybody, let's give it up for our class of 2020. The graduates. <laughs> give, give it up for the graduates. So... <laughs> So I know you're probably thinking, what kind of ceremony is this, right? (laughs) And you're right. What kind of ceremony is this where you've spent your entire college career only thinking about your grades? 
or tests or your GPA averages or honor organizations or being the best of the best academically? What kind of ceremony is this where you've only thought of yourself and you refuse to see your brother and sister hurting beside you, begging for someone to give them the answer to which they're asking for? What kind of ceremony is this? Let us pray. Jesus, I thank you so much that you are the God over all things, that as long as there are breath in our bodies, we are never too late to give everything to you, to surrender to you, Father. I pray that I am short and not long. I pray that I'm interesting and not boring. And I pray that they would not see me, but that your people would see you. Jesus, we love you, and we give you all the honor and all the glory and all the praise. And we are saying that to have your way, we give you permission to have your way and to move in this place tonight like you want to. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Amen. So tonight, like Max said, we are on part two of our racial reconciliation series, and we're going to be reading out of 2 Timothy uh, chapter 4, starting with verse 1. So let me see your Bibles up in the air, these physical Bibles. If you got your phone, put your phone in the air as well. You know, y'all need to unplug. Um, But 2 Timothy chapter 4, starting with verse 1. So when you get there, say Rosa. Say Rosa. Y'all know who I'm talking about, right? Rosa Parks said, nah, 1955. Um, So we're in 2 Timothy. Now, 2 Timothy was written by Paul, and Paul was a character. Like, Paul was cray-cray. He actually used to persecute and murder Christians. Like, hated Christians, would kill them dead. Um, And then God radically changed his life, and he became one of the greatest missionaries to ever walk the face of the earth. And he was put in jail so many times, and he was beat up and stoned so many times because of him sharing the good gospel, the good news of Jesus. So we're going to look um, at uh, the later part of Paul's life, towards, towards the end of his life. And again, we're in 2 Timothy uh, chapter 4, starting with verse 1. And it says, In the presence of God and Christ Jesus, who will judge the living and the dead, and in view of his appearing and his kingdom, I give you this charge. Preach the word, be prepared in season and out of season, correct, rebuke, and encourage with great patience and careful instruction. For the time will come when people will not put up with sound doctrine. Instead, to suit their own desires, they will gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. They will turn their ears away from the truth and turn aside to myths. But you keep your head in all situations, endure hardship, do the work of an evangelist, discharge all the duties of your ministry. For I am already being poured out like a drink offering and the time for my departure is near. I have fought the good fight I have finished the race, the race. I kept the faith. Now there in store for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, 
will award to me on that day. And not only to me, but also to all, everybody say all, to all who have longed for his appearing. Okay, so here we see that Paul is giving his last marching orders before he dies. He is very specific and very intentional in what he tells people to do in this letter. And these, I would dare call them commands, can be applied today. So what we're going to do is apply what Paul has said in the context of today, in the context of racial reconciliation. Does that sound good? Okay, cool, 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 cool. Okay, so now the first thing that we have to do is we have to change our mindset. So say, change your mindset. Change your mindset. In our society, we have a very selfish view of things. And a lot of times we hear, do what makes you happy. Or life is what you make it. Or you have the power to do what you want to do. Welp, I'm here to burst that bubble. Can y'all say pop? That's me bursting the bubble. Um, you ready for it? Y'all sure? Burst it? Okay, well, um, sweetie, it's not about you. Okay, so say that with me. It's not about me. Say it like we actually mean it this time. It's not about me. That's right. Okay. Well, you know, I can't come to core. I have homework. Or I can't come to service. I have a date with my boyfriend or my girlfriend. Or, well, I can't spend time with God. I'm just too busy. I just can't stand up for my brother or my sister of another race when they're being racially profiled. It makes me uncomfortable. I, 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 I. Well, what if Jesus decided, you know what? Dying on the cross, suffocating to death, taking on the sins of the world makes me uncomfortable. So I'm just not going to do it. then where would we be, right? So you see, 2 Timothy 4.1, it says, in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who will judge the living and the dead, and in view of his appearing and his kingdom, I give you this charge, command. Our life, everything we do as followers of Christ is about God, the ultimate judge, we have to have a kingdom mindset. Someone asked me, what does that mean? Okay, y'all, thanks for asking. Okay, kingdom mindset, it means that everything we do, everything we say is to bring honor and glory to God. Even our thoughts, which are sometimes hard to control, I can admit that, should bring honor and glory to God. So why is changing from a selfish mindset to a kingdom mindset important? Well, if you're so focused on self, then you can't reconcile students to Christ. So what do I mean by that? I mean that if your relationship with God is the only thing you care about, then you are in direct disobedience to Jesus. If your relationship with Christ is the only thing you care about, 
you are in direct disobedience to Jesus. Christ tells us to go and make disciples of all nations. But if you're only focused on what God can do for you, then you've missed the mark on what it means to be a follower of Christ. You are choosing to ignore the hurting people around you who seek freedom that only Christ can give. You are keeping the love of God to yourself. Um, Take it down, Pastor. Take it down. Uh, You are keeping the love of God to yourself, but trust me, if you're unwilling to be used, then God will use someone else. He doesn't need us. He chooses to bring us in on his plan. Did y'all hear that? On his plan. Say his plan. His plans. Yet we are so arrogant and prideful. To think that if we say no to what God is calling us to do, then his plan won't prevail. (laughs) We stupid. (laughs) I mean, foolish. Dare I say ignorant. 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 But trust me, the will of God will happen with or without our permission. Also, if you're so focused on self, me, 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 I, 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 then you can't reconcile students to each other. This is a hurting and broken campus that we're on. There is strife and racial disunity everywhere you look. Are you so caught up in your own little bubble that you don't see the pure hatred that us Christians have for each other? Do you not see how uncomfortable and lonely our international students on this campus are where they know no one in a place where the language is not their own? Do you not notice how some of your professors profile and mistreat the African-American students in your classes? Like Paul, I charge you to change your mindset. I charge you to take notice. Wake up and open your eyes. This life that you've been given is not about you. It's about Christ and what he wants to do in and through you. So will you continue to be blind? See, after you've changed your mindset, now you have a kingdom mindset, and you've decided to um, reconcile students to Christ and reconcile students to each other and you've realized it is not about you, the next thing you have to do is you have to train people to reconcile students to Christ and to each other. So say train people. Train Train them up, y'all. So 2 Timothy 4.2, it says, preach the word, be prepared in season and out of season, correct, rebuke, Encourage with great patience and careful instruction. What good is it to have a changed mindset and share the love of Jesus with people around you if you don't also teach them how to go and share the love of Jesus with the people around them? What good is it to teach your people the love, grace, and mercy of God while keeping them ignorant of God's discipline? You see, there are some times as a follower of Christ that we have to call out things that we see in our brothers and our sisters. And it's hard and it is uncomfortable. But it would be unloving of me 
to see my brother or my sister headed down a path of death. And I'm driving the car that's taking them because I didn't want them to be mad at me or hurt their feelings. The word says to correct, to rebuke, and to encourage. That's hard. But what's also hard is the second part of that sentence. It says, with great patience and careful instruction. So say great patience and careful instruction. Don't correct and rebuke just to make yourself feel like you're so big and mighty. Right? So let's stop with this false sense of love and caring. And ask yourself, am I calling out this behavior to help them? Or to shame them to make myself look good and holier than thou. See, this is the part, this part of scripture also says, be prepared in season and out of season. What does that mean? Someone asked me, what does that mean? I'm so glad you asked. Okay, it means that in this context, in season and out of season are the areas in your life that you try to keep separate. Right? Um, so, like, it's like going to core and going to class, two separate things. Hanging out with your Chi Alpha friends and hanging out with your other friends. And it's also like going to service on Wednesday, then being on the square on Thirsty Thursdays. Is it? Is it? You know, doing this is compartmentalizing your faith. You only act like you know and love Jesus when you're around people who you know know and love Jesus. But the word tells us to be prepared at all times. Say all times. All times. So don't keep your faith separate from parts of your life. And if you're doing this, the question should be asked, why? Why are you hiding Jesus? Is it because you're ashamed of Jesus or is it because you know that you're doing something outside of, of Jesus and the event does not glorify the God of the universe? So after you've changed your mindset and trained other people to reconcile people to Christ and to each other, the third thing you have to do is get outside of your comfort zone. Say that with me. Get outside of your comfort zone. Get in the zone. Auto zone. Okay. Um, so 2 Timothy 4.3, it says, For the time will come when people will not put up with sound doctrine. Instead, to suit their own desires, they will gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. They will turn their ears away from the truth and turn aside to myths. This sounds like our society right now, doesn't it? As followers of Christ, we are called to be countercultural. We are called to be set apart. And that is going to be uncomfortable in a society that's telling us that God is not real or that if he is real, don't follow him. When your teacher desecrates the Bible in front of you and you have to stand up for your heavenly father, that is uncomfortable. Get outside of your comfort zone. When you're sitting at the table and your friends say something racist, it's uncomfortable. Get outside of your comfort zone. 
I know last time we talked about this specific phrase. Who wants to recap what that was when someone says something racist? Who can remember? Why was he so aggressive? Good, good job. Uh, Jada, what was it now? I know you're not racist, but what you said was really racist. Wow. Okay, okay. Amen, 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 amen. Cameron, can you say it? I know you're not racist, but what you said was really racist. People learn this phrase. We are in the South. We will be using it a lot. Get outside of your comfort zone. What is God asking you to do that you know will stretch you? Because he's already put it inside of you, and you have been running like you, Usain Bolt. Get outside of your comfort zone. You see, I muted it, y'all. Help me, Jesus. Um, at the very end of this passage, Paul says, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Now, there is in store for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day. And not only to me, but also to all who have longed for his appearing. You see, Paul compares your relationship with Jesus to running a race. But, you know, I know I got like one runner in here, Mason Atkins, he's a runner. He ran all across the country this summer. Um, but are there other runners in here? <laughs> okay uh just kidding yeah she runs she runs but but all my runners can attest that before you tr before you even start running in a marathon there is some training that has to take place am i lying or am i dying i ain't lying i ain't lying y'all got confused that's okay but before you run the race, there is some training that has to take place. It rhymed, and I just caught it. <laughs> you know, you have to get in shape, right? You have to train yourself. You have to train your muscles, and it is uncomfortable. You wake up sore, you can't move, and you want to quit. And that can be compared to our relationship with Jesus. The moment we give our life to Jesus. We are in a race. And we have to choose every day whether we're going to clock out or we're going to keep running this race so that we can say, I have fought the good fight. I have finished this race. I have kept the faith. But there are some steps we got to take before that. We got to spend time with Jesus every day. We have to know the word inside of our heart we have to hide it inside of our heart because we know that the enemy has placed a target on our back you see there is training to run this race and it's up it, it, it's ongoing you never stop training to run that race and then you run that race then you have obstacles while you're running that race and you decide before you even get to the obstacle I'm gonna jump over that hurdle so tonight I'm going to give you a chance to respond to this. 
But I want you to ask yourself, at your graduation ceremony, what would your speech be? Will it be so-and-so, so-and-so? She never gave God a chance. Or so-and-so, so-and-so. I have fought the good fight. I have finished this race. I have kept the faith. Everybody bow your heads, close your eyes. So if one thing you have to do is change your mindset, not now, but in just a moment, the core leaders are going to be up here and they're going to be willing to pray for you if that's something that you want to receive prayer about. If you've been so focused on self that you need to be focused on kingdom mindset, or maybe you've decided I'm not going to be focused on self, I do have a kingdom mindset, then do you need to train people to reconcile students to Christ and to each other? Or maybe you're doing both of those things and you need to get outside of your comfort zone. What is it that you need to do? Not right now, but in just a minute, I'm going to get the core leaders to come up. Okay, everybody stand to your feet. Core leaders come to the front. So I'm going to pray over us. And then once I get done praying, start to move. If one of those things resonated with you, maybe you need to change your mindset. Maybe you need to train other people to reconcile students to Christ and each other. Or maybe you need to get outside of your comfort zone. And I want to charge every one of you to respond to at least one of those things. If you're a core group leader and you need to respond to one of those things, then go to another core group leader. Everybody bow your heads. Dear Jesus, I thank you so much, God, that you are a good God. That you challenge us to be better and better and better. God, I thank you that we don't have to be perfect when we come to you. We just have to come to you just as we are. So I pray that right now you start to move in the hearts of your people. And I pray that they would get outside of their comfort zones, whatever that may mean for them specifically. If it means even coming up here and receiving prayer, God, give them the courage to do that. Father, I pray that they would change their mindset, that it not be a selfish mindset, but that it would be a kingdom mindset. Father, I pray that you would place people in their paths, that they can train up to reconcile people to Christ and to each other. Father, where this campus is wrought with racial disunity and strife, Jesus, I pray that you are the answer. So show us what to do. We love you and we just give you all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Right now, start to move. People are willing to pray. We pray that this word has resonated with you and that you would carry it out into our world. To keep up with us, like us on Facebook at Chi Alpha at Ole Miss. Now go out and do anything short of sin to reach people who don't know Jesus.